It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On the field, in the broadcast booth, Ron Johnson is Minnesota sports. One-of-a-kind opinions, big-name guests, the teams you care about every day, every, every day. It's the Ron Johnson Show, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. Welcome to the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. Originally, I was going to come out with like a song. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life or something, but I'm not a singer. My wife will tell you that. My daughters hate it when I sing. It embarrasses them. It's my go-to when I want to embarrass my kids. But I'm your host, Ron Johnson, and this show is going to be informative. It's going to be fun. It's going to be laid back, and we're going to talk a ton of sports, of course, but we're always going to hit on the hot topics. Again, this is going to be the place where you're going to want to get your podcast. But first, a word from our sponsors. This is the time of the year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. But this year feels a little bit different. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right. Thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution, especially with me being 72% vegetarian now. Have you tried their puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of the best Built Bars, best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They are fluffy, they're marshmallowy. They are not just a protein bar, they're a treat, and they are covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite. I mean, I was a fan favorite with the Gophers, so I can understand where Puffs is coming from. They have some incredible flavors. Yummy, cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, you name it, they got it. Man, so good. These are going to be your new favorite. Go to BuiltBar.com, scroll down to the macros chart, and you'll be blown away by their high-protein, low-cal, high-fiber, low-carb bars. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams, compared to the normal bars that usually have around 240 calories. They have delicious flavors coming out all the time, new flavors every week. You check it out. might be monthly, weekly, but you got to check them out. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but somehow every time they pull it off. Offer, go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off on your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% at BuiltBar.com. Now, as we jump into the show, there's a ton of sports that happened this past weekend. You got the men's Final Four, you got the women's, but I want to focus on some other things within that show. But before we do that, let's bring in Sam Ekstrom. He's the producer. He's the one making everything go. Sam, women's Final Four, men's Final Four, but more importantly, Diana Taurasi and Sue Bird. For me, I'm a TV guy, working on a lot of different Viking shows, gopher shows. So I've always been told, be careful of what I say. I once, and I don't know where the video is. I don't know if I ever show the world, but I might show you guys. Um, when I first started in this business, probably eight to nine years ago, I made the mistake on the Telestrator of drawing a penis. I somehow drew a penis on the screen. I did not even know it. That's what made it even funnier for everybody else except for me. I knew I had no idea why people were laughing. Twitter was blowing up, you know, of course, screenshots, all that stuff. Um, the network told me move on. 
they're like, just move on. Just, just, you know, keep going. We'll tell you at the end what happened. And I could not figure out what people were laughing. Well, I circled Julius Peppers. I circled another linebacker. And then I drew a straight line, but from the both of them to the quarterback. In my mind, it just looked like a normal sack blitz. I drew a penis. That that's what happened. I tried to say it was a dolphin on Twitter because people were telling me what it was. I'm like, no, that looks like a dolphin. At the end of the day, yep, I was one of those guys. Uh, thank goodness eight years ago, Twitter and my following wasn't as big as it is now. Because if 21,000 people happened to see me draw a penis, I probably wouldn't be able to live it down for at least a week. Uh, but Diana Taurasi, <laughs> she didn't draw a penis. She talked about one at length, <laughs> literally. So the comment she made on the live broadcast, the simulcast was um, about the Gamecocks, South Carolina, and how long their defenders are. And everybody, to her credit, was using that same term, the length of the Gamecocks. It's crazy. It's crazy how long the, the guards are. Uh, they, they frustrated Louisville's uh, Haley Van Lith. They just constantly talked about it. But then, of course, after a couple sips of whatever was in that red solo cup, she said, yeah, there it goes again, which a girl had made a steal um, in that game against Louisville. And she's like, man, the length of the cocks, it's it's just it's it's crazy. And of course, Sue Bird and uh, Kelsey Plum was the other person on the show just could not hold their laughter in. Sue Bird covers her face. And then you notice the next, you know, now this next game, she does it again, but she makes a comment about some other stuff. So my question to you, Sam, Peyton Manning, we know him and Eli have a same deal. They have a simulcast for Monday Night Football. Do you think, and Twitter loved it. Twitter was making all kinds of jokes. Everybody's joking with them. But do you think Eli and Peyton could have gotten away with that um, if they had made that same type of comment about a woman's anatomy on ESPN? Well, that is a very nuanced question to, for me to make my, my first contribution to this show. Um, I, I think <laughs> that Peyton and Eli can get away with a lot on that show, but I I could absolutely see where that would get them in some trouble. I, I do appreciate the new style of having players run the broadcast because there's, I think, the stigma of the, the stuffiness of um, of traditional broadcasts and having players dictate what's being said it does liven it up and sometimes they push the boundaries and Peyton and Eli certainly push the boundaries and it sounds like this simulcast pushed it even further um and I think having multiple options it's good for the sport it it, it certainly is good for the sport but the uh the tv sensors the people trying to press the mute button might have a little bit of uh, a little bit busier trying to deal with some of these uh unfiltered athletes yeah I know Peyton and Eli uh cursed I think Eli threw up the bird um, and not Sue Bird or Larry Bird, but two birds. Um, and I, I think, you know, again, everybody had fun with it. I personally think what Tar Diane Taurasi did was hilarious. Like me and my wife, we we laughed at it. It was funny. Um, I, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where sometimes people have just got to loosen up. You know, she was, you know, she just shortened the game cocks to just the cocks. But you, it's, it's, it's fun. It's her having fun. It's her, you know, Twitter. I think that's probably the biggest probably Twitter view reviews and all that stuff that the women's uh, final four and championship probably would have gotten. I mean, they would have gotten big moments, big, you know, the, 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 the crying of um, the girl from South Carolina, she cried last year when she missed a shot to, to lose the national championship. And then this year uh, she just dominated. And, you know, you look at all of that stuff, 
you know, I, I think that that added to it. Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi are two of the best players. Diana, I'm a huge Diana Taurasi fan. I loved Diana Taurasi back in 2002 when I was in, you know, because I was leaving college in 2001. So I remember Taurasi winning the championship. Um, I think people just need to relax. I think people need to relax. It's fun because I that and and I got that question from Twitter. That's not my question. I saw somebody tweet that um, with that question exactly. What if Eli and Peyton did this? Would we all be laughing and joking? And when I saw that, I'm like, man, that's a good question to start the show off with because I don't know. I personally would still laugh. Like I, I think it, there would have to be some, like you said, nuance. There would have to be some some massaging of the question. And no, no jokes about Deshaun Watson. That was not a that was not a joke about him. No pun intended. But you have to massage that question or that 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 statement, whatever it was going to be, to make sure it it's not bad. Um, but at the end of the day. Life's not always fair. It's not a two-way street. It's not always going to be one. Everybody should be able to do what everybody does. That's not how this works. Um, they can get away with it. Great. It it it, it gets it done. Um, but but I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm looking forward to the men's championship. We'll talk about a little bit more of that at the Daily Three. But let's talk – before we get Gabe Henderson on later in the show, um, let's talk a little Viking, Sam, because this is a sports town – that I saw tons of tweets about Paige Beckers in UConn and how if she wins a championship, does that count for Minnesota? Minnesotans, I feel like, are always trying to put themselves in the championship conversation. Uh, you look at Trey, or no, not Trey, Tyus Jones. Not Trey, Trey Jones is a little brother, but Tyus Jones. He wins a championship at Duke. Um, Minnesotans try to claim that. You know, Gary Trent Jr. when he was at Duke as well. Um, you, you look at Kevin Garnett. With the Celtics, even I, I remember people trying to, you know, still claim KG and he won with the Celtics. No, it's not a Timberwolves. You know, you don't get a piece of that ring. Uh, you don't get one diamond off of it like your Thanos. Um, you know, it's 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 the thought process of Minnesota sports fans to figure out how can we find a way to put ourselves in the conversation. Um, and Paige Beckers was one of those ones that came up like, hey, you know, her Suni Lee is a champion. Now Paige Beckers is going to be a champion, it, it, almost like a knock on the Vikings, Timberwolves and, you know, so on. But but my question to you, Sam. When you look at this Vikings team and the fans, because the fans, again, I'm looking at more fans in Twitter. They weren't happy with where the Vikings are so far in this offseason. You look at the over under um, with the Vikings. Uh, do you think the fans are right of feeling like the Vikings aren't close to winning? Like there it's not even talks of it yet. The Vikings offseason has done a great job of keeping this team in the hunt, but that's it. Um, Kirk Cousins is career 59-59-2 as a quarterback. He's the same quarterback he's always been. He's been that quarterback for seven years, in my opinion. The only difference this year is the head coach. So is Kevin O'Connell going to provide the difference to take them from in the hunt, maybe right on the edge of that playoff race, into contender status? I'm not convinced about that. I mean, we're looking at the Vegas over-unders right now. The Vikings on, on DraftKings Sportsbook listed at nine. I've seen them at eight and a half some places. Eight and a half, you know what that means? That means exactly 500. That is a Kirk Cousins line. And to be honest with you, like I know they've made some moves, but a lot of those moves are just replacing players that have departed. Uh, they replaced Michael Pierce with Harrison Phillips. They replaced Anthony Barr with Jordan Hicks. Um, they haven't exactly added a lot of talent they've just shuffled the deck so i don't think this team is a contender to win a championship i don't think they're in that conversation and and i look at the eight and a half i, I get it um it's a safe vegas type of thing i think in my opinion um like the packers 
you know, I, I don't truly believe 11 to 11 and a half wins for the Packers. I, I think that's in hopes, you know, that people are going to hammer the under, hoping they only get to 10. That's tough when you have Aaron Rodgers and you look at they're going to play a similar schedule um, to the Vikings, but then they also have to play the top teams in all the divisions as well. And when you look at those other top teams um, that they're going to face, um, it's not scary. Like, it's not a scary schedule. Now, Devontae Adams has left. Um, I personally feel that the Vikings can win 10 games. I think they're above there. I, I, I think that that's, that's an easy bet. I mean, I don't know. I'm not saying I would put, you know, 10,000 on it, but I, I think I would put some money down. And I think this might, I've never really done sports betting. One, I don't have the patience to keep track of the ticket and remember and all that stuff and be like, oh yeah, I have a bet. Like, um, but this might be the first year, one, because I think this will keep me engaged um, if I have money on the line. I've always heard that, that everything's more fun when there's money on the line. So I, you know, I plan on at some point getting a friend that I know going to Vegas or somebody go to put, you know, I'm going to give them some money. I'm not going to say how much. Uh, if I win, we'll disclose that towards the end of the season on the show. Um, but I want to put some money down on it. Like, I want to put some money on this Vikings on the over one, I want to do it before the over hits 10. When all of a sudden people see this off season, see this offense, see what Kirk cousins looks like. Cause I think they're underestimating what Kevin O'Connell can do. Um, I think they're underestimating a quarterback's mental need to have like a parent type of coach to, to help them and walk them through some of the, the reads and the extra things they're thinking about. Um, you know, I look at guys like Dan Orlovsky, you know, starting quarterbacks, Peyton Manning's, Tom Brady's, those, they're not always great teachers. Brett Farvey said, he's like, I don't want to be a teacher. Or, I'm not grooming or mentoring this kid. Um, when he was talking about Aaron Rodgers, like great quarterbacks aren't always great at conveying the message because they do it like a robot. Like they don't do it because they're sitting there learning it. They do it because they're great at it. But guys like Dan Orlovsky who have to learn a little bit more, who have to try a little bit harder and stay in the playbook and no more, just stay on the team, like a Kevin O'Connell as a backup quarterback. Those are the guys, like a Sean Mannion. Those are the guys. That's why they always say, man, backup quarterbacks are going to be the best head coaches or coaches later on if they decide to uh, because of that. You know, Frank Wright, you know, another one of those. He had to be a backup for a while. He did have some moments where he, you know, got to come in and, and make some plays. Uh, but again, another backup quarterback who just, you know, learned and, and soaked it all in. Gary Kubiak, another backup. You know, that's where you look at, you know, I think Kevin O'Connell was going to be that guy. You know, he's another backup quarterback who has a ton of smarts when it comes to the game, knows how to operate within that quarterback room. Um, but that's going to be the fun part, you know. But But I think as this season goes, Fans are going to open up a little bit. Now, if they come out and lay an egg, hey, I, I will swallow my words. I will. We can replay this clip, and I will say, yep, I was wrong. My wife would love for me to say that because she she relishes in the days I admit I was wrong. Um, so I'm more than willing to admit I was wrong. But I think 10 wins, I think that's going to be uh, a sweet spot for the Vikings. And then, of course, it's how they play the Packers. And coming up on the Ron Johnson Show, we got Vikings insider Gabe Henderson, North Carolina native. So we're going to get a little takes on basketball as well, and Kirk Cousins, of course. But first, a word from our sponsors. Thanks, Ron. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sports wagering developments, including odds on the Masters. What is Tiger Woods going to do? We all want to find out. They've also got podcasts and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all sports wagering info, including live betting, esports, 
and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. And now we're going to have Gabe Henderson. He's a Vikings entertainment insider. He does it all for the Minnesota Vikings. He's my friend as well. We have some basketball stories. We won't get into those this week, but at some point, we got to tell some Gabe Henderson basketball stories as well. But I know Gabe Henderson is a basketball fan. Gabe, welcome to the show. Yeah, I see you got the I got the Carolina hoodie on today. Uh, <laughs> repping hard, you know. We we didn't expect to be here at this point, but since we are, I'm a I'm a keep keep repping as hard as I can and you know, to get to that last practice of the year is yesterday. Uh, I'm pumped. So we'll, we'll see what tonight entails. Yeah, I'm excited for my bracket. I mean, nobody in my bracket picked <laughs> North Carolina. Uh, we have a couple Kansas people. I'm in uh, third place right now. There's two guys tied for first. They both picked Gonzaga. I picked Gonzaga. So basically where it sits right now, I think I'll get second place money because they're tying for first and I got third. Um, there is one guy that picked Kansas. So if Kansas does win, he ends up winning our bracket. So we're hoping North Carolina. I'm a, I'm a North Carolina fan just because of that. Um, I know you're a big North Carolina fan, but I got a question I want to pose to you, basketball related. So it came up today, uh, a former uh, Auburn player said, if you think about Alabama versus Auburn uh, football, or no, sorry, Alabama player said Alabama versus Auburn football, he said he would rather to lose like 11 games instead of losing to Auburn on Nick Saban's final game ever because he didn't want to have to deal with Auburn players and fans for the rest of his life and Coach K or uh, Nick Saban's life saying that. Do do you feel that same way? Like if Roy Williams had to in reverse, Roy Williams was playing uh, the Dukies in his last game, would you mind losing to him and still having a great season like Coach K did? Or would you rather have had a subpar season but finish off the year strong by beating North Carolina at home in your final game? Yeah, I would much rather just just finish off like we did last year, like the round of 32 or the round of 64 and just just call it quits there. Because if you, if you I mean, just being from North Carolina, growing up in that that whole rivalry, like you will forever be remembered by losing to Coach K if you're Carolina. And so Coach K or Paula Ben Carroll, who's on that team right now, whenever they walk the streets of Raleigh or Durham, the first thing people are going to say is like, dang, you're the reason why Coach K lost. And you're the reason why he lost in the final <laughs> four. So I, I, I don't. I would never want to be a part of that. So right, right now, um, like just being a Carolina fan, if we won two games this year and both of those were against Duke, I would have been cool. But the the fashion that it happened, right, to beat Duke on the last regular season game and then to beat them in the final four, like I, like I'm for I'm forever happy. Like there's nothing a Duke fan could ever tell me because I got a quick clap back. Hey, you lost to Carolina twice in Coach K's two last games. So it is what it is. Yeah, that, that's a tough one we want to swallow. But let's jump into football, man. That's the reason we're here. Everybody's excited about this Viking season. You got Kevin O'Connell. You've had a chance to interview him, Quasi. You guys have talked about the season. There's a ton of stuff on Vikings.com. For those looking for it, go to Vikings.com, and you'll see a lot of the pieces Gabe has recently done. But Gabe, Vegas. We know Vegas is huge. The, the, the uh, NFL has allowed now – some of these sports bets and, and sports books to be a part of their franchise and they're, they're bringing them on. But if you look at the Minnesota Vikings right now, if you were to go place your money, eight and a half wins is the over under in your mind. Is that just right too high or too low? I think that's honestly, I think that's just right. Um, because with Kirk cousins as your quarterback, 
he's going to have you contending for at least a playoff spot every year. I think personally, I think Kirk Cousins' floor is floor is seven wins. What that ceiling is, that's still yet to be determined, but I think his floor is seven. And I think when you look at this schedule right now, it's not the toughest schedule so far. Everybody's talking about these moves in the AFC. Well, the Vikings only played five AFC teams this year, and then they play all four NFC East teams. You add the, those two, I mean, those four teams on top of um, the, the three games in conference. I think we'll, we'll at least win three games in conference. So that's seven wins right there. And then you got five AFC teams, the Jets, the 40, I mean, the Jets, the, the Patriots, um, uh, the Dolphins. I, I think those are winnable games also. So right now, I, I think this Vikings team, they could win 10 to 11 games this upcoming year and at least get in that seven seed this upcoming year. And, and that's simply because the schedule is not, not that tough. We don't play many great quarterbacks this year. There are a couple on the schedule, but you, you, we're, we're not too concerned about, all right, well, we got to have this crazy defense to stop this guy. All the Vikings have to do this year is just control what they can control and just put some wins together and go from there. And you look at the Packers, you know, everybody thought Aaron Rodgers might retire. He comes back signing one of the biggest deals in NFL history. Um, you look at Devontae Adams leaving another historical move going over to uh, the Las Vegas Raiders. Do you think Vegas has it wrong with the Packers at 11 and a half wins over under? Well, yeah, no, I don't because the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, right? Like no, no matter how you look at it, you can take everyone off that team. Like Aaron Rodgers still is throwing the getting the ball out of his hands in two seconds. So he's not going to get sacked. And then he's probably going to have a rookie receiver and basically tell him, hey, you either run a hitch route, you run a slant, or you run a quick out. And we can get five to seven yards and continue to nickel and dime down the field and go from there because Aaron Rodgers knows defenses in and out. So we, we know this is a quarterback-driven league. And if we're talking about Aaron Rodgers left in Devontae Adams' state, that would have been a whole other conversation because – Who's going to who's going to be on the same page as Devontae Adams? Who's going to be on the same page as the rest of his offense? And, and Aaron Rodgers understands the game, and just having him as a quarterback back there, I think I think that's simply enough to get you at least eleven wins. So I, I think that that's right on right on par for for what I'm I'm thinking too. I think the Vikings do sneak a win like they do every year with, with one of those um, I guess six losses in that in, in that sense. But eleven wins that, that's a good over under. And when you think about Kirk Cousins, I mean, you, you were with the Washington football team, so you, you've heard Dan Snyder, you've seen that organization, that culture, and then you move Kirk Cousins into a Vikings culture who was not nurturing, per se, for the quarterback. Um, now you look at a Kevin O'Connell who's going to nurture Kirk Cousins. As they grow and as this draft happens, do you see more Vikings fans picking the under or the over, and this was funny, eight and a half used to be a, you know, you, there was going to be winners and losers now because you can actually tie in the NFL. Um, mm -hmm. Eight and a half, you could push. And so if you if you look at that eight and a half, do you think Vikings fans are going to hammer the over or the under? And, and then, of course, across the world, people can bet too. You got Packers fans who can bet on the Vikings because they have no trust in that. Um, what, what do you think gets hammered more, the over or the under on this one? I think the over simply because of the the familiarity right there with those two guys. And then we have Kevin O'Connell. When I talked to him in Florida last week, I basically asked him, like, where do you want to see Kirk Cousins grow? And basically he said he wanted to see Kirk Cousins take over the offense. So when Vikings fans hear that, that's what we've been asking for literally the, the last two or three years. So when you have a, a quarterback coach or a head coach now that's been with Kirk that understands how he operates, understands his strengths and weaknesses, and he says, okay, well, now with everything that we talked about, we want this offense to be his. We want him to control the plays at the line of scrimmage, understand the scheme of the game. And then when we come back into the meeting rooms, it's just like, Kirk, why did you do this? Why did you do this? What did you see here? Instead of 
hey, Kirk, you know, you know, kind of, you know, holding his hand and and pulling him through through certain situations. So I, I think that simply alone with with Kevin O'Connell saying we're going to put this offense in Kirk's hands and run it through him. I think that's making a lot of Vikings fans happy simply because we know Kirk is a veteran quarterback. He's the most accurate quarterback. The only fault against him is that he doesn't improvise. So now you have a coach that's saying, okay, we, we want to make Kirk improvise. All right, let's 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 see where the chips may follow. Yeah, and so you look at the rest of the NFC North, the way Vegas sees it, Packers, Vikings, Bears, Lions. Do you think that's lazy because they're just doubting the Lions and it's easy to do that? Or do you think that's pretty accurate that the Lions with Jared Goff as they stand uh, with Campbell, the way you know they're trying to get going, we understand what they want to be. Do you think they're still the basement of the NFC North? It's between them and the Chicago Bears, right? And if just being a Vikings fan, you you gotta you gotta argue that the Chicago Bears are, are right with them because we remember we lost to the to the Detroit. Well, the Vikings lost to the Detroit Lions last year on, on a walk off touchdown to Jared Goff. So that's confidence right there. And, and you look at that and you say how they finished their season off. Okay, well they're 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 looking to build on that. And you know Detroit is Detroit, Ryan. You're from Detroit. You know better than me. Yeah. But just from outside looking at. Detroit is going to be Detroit, but with Chicago still having a rookie quarterback, you look at that and say, okay, well, a sophomore quarterback in Justin Fields was the coming year. How are you going to build the pieces around them? They got two or three linemen that have went to different teams. So how are you going to build an offensive lineman to keep him upright and let him make the plays down the field? And and then with that, who is he going to throw it to? So um, the, the Lions and Bears, I, I will put them at the bottom tier of the division. But right now, I, I would probably give it to the Lions with that third seed. And I know that's probably a hot take. But I think the Lions will, will be the third seed in the NFC North this year. Oh, okay. I like that one. Lions jumping on top of the Bears. Gabe Henderson off the top rope. <laughs> WrestleMania. All right. So when you think about this Vikings team, the NFL draft, put your GM hat on. I know you've been around the building. We 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 interviewed Ryan Minus as well. Um, you you signed Zadarius Smith. So originally everybody was edge rusher. Some people still, ESPN still has them getting an edge rusher in the first round. Um, but you look at uh, Hunter came back. You look at Anthony Barr is still out there. If I'm Anthony Barr, do I take $2 million, three, four million, and say, let's just go try to win a Super Bowl, or do I try to go get me another payday? If you're the GM, Sauce Gardner says he's the best player in the draft. He probably won't be there because he's, he's building a resume. What do you take in the first round of this NFL draft? Cornerback, no doubt. Uh, I'm okay. going cornerback, and I think – that can either be a, a Derek Stingley Jr. or a Trent McDuffie from Washington. Or if you want to trade back, Kyrie Elam will be there from Florida. I'm a big Kyrie Elam guy. I know we talked to uh, Jordan Reed a, a couple of weeks ago. Him and I were talking off camera before the interview. And Kyrie Elam reminds a lot of people of Xavier Rhodes. He's 6'2", about 205, can play press man. He has to work on his hips a little bit. But you have a guy in Durante Jones at the Vikings DB coach who has been proven to develop young rookie cornerbacks, I think that pair will, will mesh really well. But if you're going best player available, I think Derek Stanley Jr. will be there. And and the fact that the, the edge rushing um, pool is so deep this year in the draft, you can still get a, a quality edge rusher to learn from Daniil and to Darius in the second round. So I, I don't think you, you, you go uh, – defensive end in the first round unless there's just a, you know Kayvon Thibodeau if he just continues to slide down if somebody that was supposed to be in the top five continue to slide down other than that yeah you got to go corner I mean we still only have P2 and, and Cameron dancing on the roster that that have had significant snaps you have to have someone that can compete with the other side of the ball opposite of Patrick Peterson so you you, you go 
you go cornerback for sure. If I'm if I'm a GM, I'm going cornerback for sure. And looking at these offseason moves, I mean, the Rams now add Bobby Wagner. Um, Vikings fans, mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing. They were looking for a splash move like that. They were hoping something different out of this regime um, because they were so used to seeing the, the 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 basic pieces and the moves. But when you're looking at building this team, I think they call it a competitive rebuild because they have the pieces in place mm-hmm. to win a Super Bowl, and now they just need to add the the the, the next ones. Do you understand the frustration of the Vikings fans or because you're so new, you're just like, look, I, I think this is going in the right direction. It's it's a it's a it's a happy medium, right? Because you, you look at the first few days and you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars or the the well not Cincinnati Bengals, but the Las Vegas Raiders making all these splash moves and you say, What are the Vikings doing? And then you wait another week, and then that's when some of the moves start to take place. I think Harrison Smith is a, is a great piece to the puzzle. And then you get Zadarius Smith and then Patrick Peterson. You you locked on one side of the, the, the defense as far as the quarterback perspective. So there, there are moves being made, um, but I do understand fresh fans' frustrations of, all right, well, why aren't we signing this guy? Well, when you look at the cap situation, we, we were in the, the red. And now that Kwesi and Rob Brzezinski are starting to, you know, get rid of some players and, you know, free up some cap space, that that doesn't work in our favor simply because by the time we're freeing up cap space, a lot of those other guys are going off the board. So it, it is what it is. We're not the Patriots. The Patriots haven't made any moves this year. So I think we're doing a little <laughs> bit better than them. But at the same time, I think Vikings fans should, you know, I understand their frustrations, but still they should be a little patient in this process because the moves or the pieces of the puzzle are starting to come into place. And I know it's been slowly, but honestly, it's been surely also. The, the pieces of the puzzle are starting to, to, to fit in. And now you, you look at that and say, okay, if the, if the free agency period is done, we've definitely got better on defense. Now we got to continue to do so in the draft. And hopefully some of these first year and second year guys that's already on the roster, hopefully they make that new jump with this new regime uh, here in Minnesota. Well, I want to thank Gabe Henderson for joining us on the Ron Johnson Show today. You can follow Gabe Henderson on Twitter, Instagram, but more importantly, go to Vikings.com if you want to see more of the pieces Gabe Henderson has done so far this offseason, some great stuff with the new coaches. Gabe, I want to thank you for joining us, man. Hey, go Hills. (laughs) And coming up next, we're going to have the Daily Three. That's three questions, three minutes. Sam Ekstrom take it away all right you touched on it in the open but the women's national championship concluded sunday night in minneapolis south carolina the victors men's final four tipped off in new orleans on saturday kansas rolls over villanova and then an instant classic between duke and unc which of the two tournaments has kept your attention more Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, I'd say if I were to have the final four of Ron Johnson's entertainment uh, patience, I guess you'll call it, entertainment length that I could sit there and listen and watch, I'm going to go with Duke and North Carolina's game one. I'm then going to go to the National Championship Women's UConn, South Carolina. I'm going to go to UConn um, in their final four matchup. Then I'm going to go to the women's second final form, and then I'm going to put Kansas Villanova down at the bottom. I, I think it's a it's it's a it's a, a an eclectic group of uh, games, but Villanova, we know that you know when that kid tore his Achilles, um, that was going to be tough. Like that was going to be tough on that team, and you saw that with Kansas. Kansas slashes, they run. When they touch the ball, it's go 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 get up the court. Um, you know, it's kind of like Wendell Moore for. Uh, 
for uh, Duke, same thing. You know, he gets the ball. He gets up the court fast. Both the guards at Duke get the ball, get up the court fast. And that's where Villanova struggled. I think if Villanova had played any of these three teams that were left, they would have lost with the guy, you know, with that group they had. When you don't have your other guard, it just can't get it done. Now with the girls, uh, the women, uh, Paige Beckers, that was the story, especially for a Minnesota guy that knew her um at at hopkins i knew her when she was in the sixth grade even playing little league uh because of her brother and and his friends drake dobbs and those kids that played at eden prairie for youth basketball um that's that for me that kept my attention my daughter you know she was excited to watch it um watching dawn staley and 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 just the 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 amount of time you look at dawn staley and what they did as far as breaking down her outfit now, when a coach shows up in a $10,000, $7,000 designer suit, nobody says anything. It's a great suit, coach. I saw somebody tweet about her Louis Vuitton jacket and shoes that they were five grand. And, oh, that's just another way to show everybody how much money you have on TV. No, it's not. That's just her outfit. Like, the only reason you know is because there's a label. You don't, you can't see the Hugo Boss or whatever is in uh, Coach's blazer. Um, I, I think that's the problem sometimes with male versus female sports is uh, people find ways to nitpick on stuff they wouldn't the other. And and it's it's both sides. Like when the men uh, cry for fouls and all this stuff, people, oh, why don't they just shut up? But when, you know, the women go to the ref and they say something, whatever, everybody's like, yeah, they're getting knocked around. Why are they letting her beat her up? Um, it, it, it's just it, I just what I've learned in this world is nobody's happy. Nobody's happy ever. They're always going to find a way. But my attention, I think that's where I rank it. Like, I don't think either really captivated me more than the other. I just think different games. But Duke definitely took the cake in that finish with North Carolina. Final seven seconds of the of the timer. Who wins tonight? Kansas, UNC. UNC. I, I, I hope because of my bracket. But UNC. All right. A lot of other crazy stuff going on in Minnesota sports as well. The Wild have won 9 of 10, crushed Washington yesterday in the nation's capital. Uh, the Wolves roll over Houston. They've got three games left, and they're still pursuing that number six seed um, with Denver just keep continuing to win as well. So which playoff push has your attention more? Is it the Wild or is it the Wolves? <laughs> well... For those on the podcast, you might not know, but those watching on YouTube, you know I'm black. So, of course, it's basketball. No, I'm not going to stick with the stereotype. But no, for me, there's a thing about playoffs. I watch all the playoffs because people play harder, even in October for baseball. I feel like the, the intensity is up. I think the women's softball championships, even the men's baseball college championships, of course, bowl games, but not the, you know, mayonnaise, whatever bowl games, because Wisconsin plays. I'm not watching that. But when you look at some of these bowl games, the Peach Bowl, Cotton, the intensity is up. When you look at Gophers versus Wisconsin, Alabama versus Auburn, I love those type of games, and that's what the playoffs get you. So I'm intrigued at both. But I'm more intrigued at basketball for the simple fact of, you look back when Anthony Edwards was drafted, everybody questioned should have been LaMelo Ball. Um, everybody talked about the, the Timberwolves being cursed. Um, you know, they'll never win anything. Uh, but, you know, until they apologize to KG, there was all these things until they apologize to KG or until they, you know, do this for KG or whatever, until they do this, you know, they're too cheap until Glenn Taylor leaves, which well, maybe that one did work. Um, you add a rod, you add Mark Laurie and they're in the playoffs. Uh, but I think Anthony Edwards, Carl Anthony Towns and uh, Russell, I think that's a formative big three. You look at the play in tournament, not a huge fan of it. I do like it for the simple fact of it's going to be intense 
you know, a small, intense four-way tournament because guys are trying to make sure they're in the seventh seed and then they're in that eighth seed. Um, but I think that's unfair to the guy, to the team that finishes eighth because now you have to play not one, but two games just to retain your eighth spot. Um, and you might run into a team that all of a sudden gets healthy and hot. Um, but I am more intrigued by the Timberwolves. I, I, basketball to me is exciting. I love Anthony Edwards. I love Carl Anthony Towns. Um, I, I, I like D'Angelo Russell. Um, now, I don't love him, but I do think he adds to that when you look at when those big three are all rolling, um, you know, like against Houston or, you know, you look at some of these highlights. It's it's a it's a good team. I think people should give credit to Jimmy Butler. The, the, the Miami Heat are the number one seed right now. They are taking to his you know style of leadership. But I do think he he helped Carl Anthony Towns come out of the shell uh, to be that monster, to be that angry guy, to be that the guy that's willing to be the villain. Um I, I think, you know, Carl Anthony Towns says he's the villain too much. Uh, where you look at real villains like Dennis Rodman, he doesn't tell you he's a villain. He's just going to do villainous type stuff, rebounds, dirty work. Uh, you know, that's where Carl Anthony Towns does get his work done. But, you know, stop telling us you're the villain. Just be the villain. The Joker didn't have to say I'm the Joker uh, and I'm bad. He just did what he did. Uh, but when you when you look at the wild, I will say this, adding another person in that net. You know, I think that's going to help them because we know a goalie is just like a pitcher. Whoever's having the best night, if you can stop them on 30 shots on goal, you win the game because it's scoreless or you go to a shootout and then you still have to try to win it. But that's, you know, I, I'm intrigued with both, but the Timberwolves have my attention. I will say I, I love this Timberwolves team. I think the Wild have a better chance to actually win the Stanley Cup. Uh, next topic on Friday, the Vikings signed guard Chris Reed. Mankato alum, third interior lineman they've signed this offseason. Chris Reed, Jesse Davis, Austin Schlotman. So do you actually feel better about the Vikings guard conundrum than you did when the offseason started? Well, so I don't want to – there's this thing about overreacting or underreacting, and that's the two. I don't want to overreact to some of the tweets I'm seeing about Jesse Davis because when players leave, People always hate him. If they do something when they're there, people hate him. Like people blamed him for Tua uh, and some of his injury stuff and 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 you know his his uh, lack of pocket protection. But I also don't want to overreact to that because was that a scheme issue? Was that a coaching issue? Uh, we know the Dolphins' offense was anemic at times, and just you know you look at those weapons. People joked about Tua not having a strong arm, not being able to throw it sixty-five yards with somebody coming down his, in his face. Um, where Justin Herbert can get that done. I mean, we've seen that video of him almost getting blown up and still delivering an absolute strike down the field to Mike Williams. Um, so I don't want to overreact to that. I also don't want to overreact to the fact that they're adding guards. I don't want to underreact. I think it's a key piece. I think what we're getting, I am excited to see this battle. I think Jesse Davis steps into the, to the starting role right away in training camp because somebody has to be one. Um, you look at Ezra Cleveland, I, I think, you know, figuring out where he you know, fits best. Um, this is my thing about Jesse Davis. If he can stand there and hold a guy up for three seconds and not be put on skates, then I'm fine. Because we've seen too many guards come in and go and they get put on skates and Kirk Cousins has a guy in his lap. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what Kevin O'Connell does to even help that. Like, do you go more Matthew Stafford in the gun? You know, Kirk Cousins spent a lot of time under center. Um, we know maybe he should be in the gun. 
Maybe that's a better way to not have to, you know, sit there and have to always drop. We know you have to get under center every once in a while to run the ball, but the Rams ran the ball from the shotgun. Um, you can run the outside zone from the shotgun. You look at the 49ers, same deal. You can run the outside zone from different looks. Um, so that's going to be the key is where do these guards fit? What are they asking them to do? Are we going to see screen game? Uh, Rams didn't have a ton of it. Um, they were more their their screens were more uh, horizontal, shallow routes with the receivers. We saw it like the one OBJ got hurt on uh, double shallows. Like that's that's kind of the thing that like where it's like the quarterback can just back up five steps as those shallows clear. You're picking the best option of the two crossing. One sits, one keeps going. Both go. They can wiggle and go back. I mean, there's a ton of things that we saw the Rams do with over the top stuff. Um, so so I I'm happy they added guards because at least they're looking at what they need to add and we're not going into the draft needing to draft four offensive guards in the NFL draft. Um, but I'm not going to get overly excited about it because guards, you never really know. Like the best guards are the ones you don't hear from until they make a big play. Other than that, like Quentin Nelson, if, if it wasn't for being mic'd up in some of the big crushing hits, we wouldn't know Quentin Nelson. So I can't get excited about a guard. I'm just, I just hope that they come in and do what they're supposed to do. Probably upgraded over Ole Udo, who had 16 penalties last year. All right, no yeah, clock on this one. I just want your knee-jerk reaction. Tiger Woods tweets, he is a game-time decision. There's the, the tweet right there, game-time decision to play in the Masters. Real quickly, what is realistic to expect from Tiger? I think he's going to, I mean, I think it is what it is. Game time decision. I've been there. I know exactly what that feels like. I mean, I've, I've been on the sideline as a player. I've been there as a coach. Um, and I've been there as an analyst and I've watched players warm up. I, you know, I was a sideline analyst for the Gopher, uh, Indiana football game. And I watched some of those players come out and warm up and, you know, see if they could go. And then they're, you know, working with the trainers. You know, I've, I've personally done that after surgery. I had surgery on my knee. I tore my meniscus. I had to have surgery, uh, after about six to seven weeks came back every game. I was out there working out, warming up, trying to see if I can go. And then I would give my thumbs up or thumbs down. Like I don't do, can I go? Can I not go? Um, Sometimes I would push myself past where I had to go, but I was only like, I was young. I was under 25. Tiger Woods is a millionaire, um, darn near billionaire. So is he going to risk his health if he doesn't feel 100%? No. Um, so I think what we should expect is Tiger Woods to go out there, hit some balls on the range, maybe play a, 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 a easy practice round, uh, get out there, hit some shots, go through his, his pregame warmups and pre-round you know round warmups and do all this stuff. Um, come Thursday, if he's not feeling it, he's not going to go. But the thing about golf is you're not running. So you're, you're not getting hit. You're not having to cut and go back and forth. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a less uh, brutal on your body. So I think we're going to get out of Tiger Woods what he wants us to get. I think also he's just teasing us to show sponsors I still have a hold on this game. Like I am still a big deal. Don't forget about me because a lot of people forgot about Tiger. It's like Dr. Dre says, don't forget about Dre. You can't forget about Tiger. Um, Tiger Woods is still the biggest name in golf, regardless of if he hasn't won in a while. But I, I think that's another piece of it. He's showing these sponsors, hey, let's still do some business. I'm still out here. When I tweet, people listen. When I show up to a Masters, people want to see me. The crowds are going to follow me. Watch the biggest crowd. If he does do it, the, the crowd's going to follow Tiger, even in the earlies. Um, so I, I think he's doing exactly what they want him to do, too, which is let's keep the buzz going for Augusta. Ratings are going to be astronomical. I think it's an accomplishment if he makes the cut and plays on the week. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Well, that's the first edition of the Ron Johnson Show. I'm your host, Ron Johnson. That was Sam Ekstrom. I want to thank you guys for joining me. And be 
sure to subscribe on YouTube or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.